everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Today we are looking at Luke 22 and John 13. We're kind of getting deeper and deeper into this story of Jesus uh, getting closer and closer to his death and ultimately his resurrection. So today, what we're looking at is um, the kind of the wrap up of the Passover meal. There's there's a couple things that uh, stick out to me that I want to talk about today. The first thing is this foot washing thing uh, that is just recorded in John 13. Luke alludes to it a little bit uh, because Luke talks about uh, kind of the inciting incident, but it's John where we got get a lot of information. So Jesus is sitting at the table, and we talked about this the other day. Jesus is sitting at the table. Uh, announcing this new covenant. So he hands out, uh, well, I mean, really, he's leading the Passover meal, which has a lot of symbolism in it, but he hands out the bread and tells the disciples that this is his body broken for them, which is not a part of the Passover feast. Uh, And then he passes this cup around. He says, this is my blood and the covenant of my blood poured out and shed for you, uh, which is also not part of the Passover feast. So Jesus is doing a couple things that are not normal. And a couple of things that they have never experienced before, because Jesus is literally proclaiming uh, that the new covenant is here. It's it's arrived in the, the shedding of Jesus' blood, and we now have um, interaction with God, relationship with God uh, in a new way through that covenant. But it's also at this meal uh, that apparently a little bit of a debate, a little bit of an argument, a little bit of a fight uh, breaks out. And we can read about that in the Luke passage And then we can see that the John passage kind of explains Jesus' reaction to it. So at one point during the dinner, I guess, I would guess towards the end of the dinner, um, the disciples start to argue with each other about who is the best and who is the greatest. And it's almost universal that whenever the disciples get in a fight about who is the greatest, it's right after Jesus has alluded to the fact that he will be leaving. And... (laughs) I guess it's sort of frustrating. You can be disappointed pretty easily in the disciples, but you can also be, I don't know, happy that the disciples are very similar to us um, because I can see humanity falling into these same kind of squabbles all the time. Jesus is literally talking about how he's going to be leaving soon. And I think the natural reaction of the disciples is, well, then who's going to lead us? And it seems like there's a couple of them that are eager to proclaim that they will lead Uh, each other because the debate becomes who is the best and who is the greatest. We've seen this before. Uh, James and John were asking for special seats. Um, There's been another time as they were like walking along the whatever, along the road as Jesus is doing his ministry that they've been debating who is the best. And always Jesus responds by encouraging them uh, to be servants. He tells them whoever is going to be the the most should be the least. Whoever is going to be Um, the greatest should be a servant. And so it's kind of this upside down kingdom view of things. Um, But I really like John 13. I think John 13 is really powerful because here Jesus doesn't just tell them what to do. He shows them what to do. So in the midst of their arguing about who's going to be the best, uh, Jesus actually takes off his outer garment. That's not any kind of weird thing. Uh, He takes off his outer garment and uses it as a towel to clean the disciples' feet. If you're not aware of this, you haven't heard this story very often, uh, it would have been normal for houses to have servants whose jobs were to wash feet uh, because your primary mode of transportation is walking. It's dusty. It's dirty. People's feet get dirty. You don't want that all around the house. So oftentimes, 
uh, someone would be tasked with washing feet. And obviously, it would not be someone who is really influential. It would be somebody who's serving. So Jesus' response to this argument about who's going to be the best and who's going to be the greatest is to actually take on the role of a servant. And this is easy to read about, uh, but if you imagine having a dinner uh, with a group of your friends, or maybe you have a dinner with, you know, whoever, you have a dinner with several people, if somebody were to stand up and take off their outer garments and start washing people's feet at the table, it'd be pretty awkward. It'd be pretty strange. And this is exactly what happens. Like, it gets the disciples' attention, and Peter is the one who says, absolutely not, you're not going to wash me. And Jesus says, if I don't wash you, uh, you won't be in relationship with me. He says, well, then wash all of me. And so Peter is in typical fashion, just kind of uh, the overachiever. He first of all, doesn't want anything to do with Jesus. And then he wants Jesus to uh, go over and above for him. I think the reason that this is so interesting to me is because I actually grew up doing this. Uh, I grew up in the Mennonite church. I still uh, really appreciate a lot of things about the Mennonite church. But one of the things uh, that we practice, just like we would practice communion, uh, we would practice foot washing, I guess, as a kind of sacrament. We would do it uh, on a schedule. And it's just like this. I mean, you have like tubs of water and the the men would go to one place and the women would go to another place, obviously in good old fashioned Mennonite fashion. And the men would wash feet and the women would wash feet. And lots of people thought it was weird. Uh, lots of people would just happen to disappear right before the foot washing time. Um, but it's always really meaningful. And, and I, I think the reason I bring it up is it's kind of silly. I don't think Jesus meant that this was supposed to be a church sacrament. I don't think he meant that we should do this in remembrance of him uh, quite like he did with communion. Um, but we would practice this. And what's interesting is you'd have really meaningful interactions. I mean, if you think of your church... Um, if it was part of your church culture to wash feet once a year or twice a year or three times a year or whatever, uh, it's very likely you would have meaningful interactions with people. A lot of times we would um, be worshiping together. We would be encouraging each other. Uh, oftentimes it was like very multi-generational. There'd be young guys sitting with old guys. Uh, you'd be interacting with people you don't normally interact with. And it was really valuable. But one of the things I would always notice uh, that that stuck out to me. It was kind of funny to me. One, people that thought it was awkward would sneak away. Uh, they would just, you know, kind of feel it coming in the service and just leave. And that's that's not a wrong thing per se, but you are kind of missing the point if you're purposely skipping out. But another thing I would notice is uh, people who are kind of watching to make sure they don't get paired up with somebody that they don't like, or people who would sit in specific groups to make sure they didn't end up with somebody who they had open conflict with, uh, which is always interesting to me because the literal point of Jesus washing feet is to show that there is no place for conflict and unresolved issues in the church. So it always made an impact on me how we would practice actual foot washing, but not pursue the spirit of foot washing that Jesus was teaching. Jesus was teaching that we should serve each other. We should be loving each other and devoted to each other. And because of that, within the church context, there is not room for division and hurt and frustration. And a lot of times that's one of the main things that church is known for. So I think as a culture, as a church culture, we are missing the point there. And it always made me laugh that we would do foot washing, but we would not get along. The point was actually serve each other, um, not make sure you don't forget to put foot washing on your calendar. So I think because of how I grew up and what I've seen, uh, I, I should say I still have a really deep appreciation for this. I do think it is a meaningful thing. 
Um, but I think we had missed the point, and I think churches can easily miss the point that Jesus is saying, hey, stop being so concerned about who is the best and start serving each other out of love and grace and compassion. Um, and you can't have that unless you pursue forgiveness and reconciliation. So it's really important in a church context. So he, he does this, he washes the feet, and when he's finished washing feet, uh, Peter says that he will go anywhere Jesus goes, and Jesus confronts him by saying, well, you're definitely going to deny me. Uh, and Judas takes off to betray Jesus. So this this whole issue with Judas is interesting, too, um, because Judas has been walking with Jesus, we can assume, at least three years, uh, like the full length of his earthly ministry, and yet Judas is not a believer. And so Jesus has been spending a lot of time teaching uh, he's been spending a lot of time just doing kind of life-on-life life accountability and mentorship with his disciples, and yet Judas uh, refuses to believe and is conflicted in in his relationship with Jesus. And Jesus knows this, so that's another compelling thing about Jesus. I don't know if you ever thought about that before, uh, but Jesus knows that Judas is going to betray him, and yet he permits Judas to follow him around. Uh, day in and day out. It's it's just a really interesting part of the story. Uh, the story does point out, the Gospels point out, that Satan is a part of it. Um, in, in today's readings, uh, we see that Satan is interested in testing Peter, and he wants to sift Peter, and so Jesus is praying for the defense of Peter. And we also see that Satan is moving Judas to betray Jesus. So I think this is one of those rare instances in the Bible. I think, like, Obviously, Satan is present at all times, um, but this is one of those unique instances where he is specifically called out as involved in the situation. And here he is obviously moving people away from Jesus rather than toward Jesus, which is definitely what he tends to do. Um, so as far as your part for today, I just want to encourage you to serve each other. I, I really do hate it uh, when we teach service. It's it's really easy to hear a story about Jesus washing feet or Jesus talking about um, it's not important who's the greatest. It's easy to agree with those stories, and it's also easy to just completely dis, disobey them, not, not listen to them. And so as a church and as a people who are trying to follow Jesus, we have to actually take heart, and we have to actually be obedient to what Jesus is saying. So I would encourage you to pursue opportunities to be a servant. And Jesus is not talking about a one-off situation. He's not saying, hey, you should serve one time. Uh, he's talking about living a life of service and a life of humility. And so it's one thing to sign up to serve. It's another thing to actually be a humble person who is trying to reflect the will of God in all situations. And that's my encouragement to you. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow we are focusing exclusively uh, on a couple of chapters from John. So we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Luke chapter 22. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. 
so he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of a crowd. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb was to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you be to have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room, and where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went, and they found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes." And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another which of them it would be who is going to do this. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them could be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is greater, one who reclines at the table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as one who serves." You are those who have stayed with me in my trials, and I assign to you, as my Father assigned to me, a kingdom, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, and your faith that it may not fail. And when you have been turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. And he said to them, When I sent you out with no money bag or knapsacks or sandals, did you lack anything? They said nothing. He said to them, But now let the one who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack. And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that the scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he has numbered with the transgressors for that it was written about me in this fulfillment. And they said, Look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, It is enough. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours, be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he arose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, 
and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw that would follow, he said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and the officers of the temple and the elders, who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. When the day came, the assembly of the elders and the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council, and they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. John chapter 13 Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all these things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, 
that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he had said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also be glorified in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I have said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, Where I am going you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, Where I am going you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.